The Peter Schiff Show. Well, we are two trading days into a four trading day holiday shortened week. We had the Monday President's Day holiday where the markets were closed. And thus far, we've had two days of bad economic news, which is pretty much par for the course that we've been playing on for some time. Yet the markets don't care. The foreign exchange markets don't care. The precious metals markets don't care. In fact, gold sold off uh, rather sharply yesterday, despite the fact that we have all this bad economic news, because everybody is still confident that the economy is in great shape because the Fed tells us that the economy is in great shape. After all, they're getting ready to raise interest rates, and they wouldn't be doing that if they weren't so confident that the economy was recovering. So we ignore all the bad economic news and blindly follow the Fed. And in fact, the Fed came out today with the release of its most recent FOMC minutes. And I guess everybody was anticipating more positive spin from the Fed. And while we got some, right, the Fed still maintains the pretense that they can raise interest rates without derailing the recovery, right? When the fact of the matter is there is no recovery, so there's nothing to derail. Uh, but if they raise rates, we'd have a train wreck. And I think even if they don't, we will. But the Fed has to try to maintain the pretense that all is well by pretending they're preparing to do something that they really have no intention of doing. Before I get you know go over some of the negative economic data that came out yesterday and today, I want to talk about what the Fed said in its minutes, what was released, because this, to me, was a much bigger indication that the Fed is very worried about this recovery. And the market should have had a much stronger reaction than they did. You did see a reversal in dollar strength and gold weakness after the minutes were released, but it wasn't anything big, and the dollar didn't give up its gains uh, from earlier in the week, nor did gold recoup anywhere near what it lost. It recouped the losses from today, but it didn't even come close to recouping yesterday's losses. I mean, we were below a 1,200 intraday this morning before we got the numbers. We managed to close you know, back above 1,210, uh, but still well below the highs that we reached earlier in the year. But let's listen or let me go over uh, some of the, the, the concerns that were expressed by the Fed. One thing is uh, the FOMC members are worried about raising rates too soon, too soon. I mean, the time to worry about that was five years ago. I mean, we're talking about, what, six years of zero percent interest rates and the Fed is worried that they might be raising them too soon. I mean, give me a break. The time to worry about that passed years ago. It's already too late. That is the problem that they waited so long. They waited so long they can't even do it. That is the problem. I think one of the, the, the words that the Fed, the Fed used was they didn't want to pour, pour cold water on the recovery. Cold water? I mean, this recovery must be pretty tepid if they worried about cooling it down with, what, a quarter of a point rate hike, moving interest rates from zero to 25 basis points or even 10 basis points or 15 basis points. They're worried that that's going to throw cold water on this recovery. Well, obviously, if they're so concerned about a tiny rate hike from zero, how confident could they be in this recovery? 
obviously not nearly as confident as people believe. We can't really have a vibrant economy if such a small interest rate increase after so many years of zero is, is enough cold water uh, to end it, to douse it, right? And if you read what they're saying, they're saying that the risks of raising rates too soon outweigh the risks of waiting too long. So in other words, they're going to be a, a lot more patient than the markets believe. And remember, people are thinking, and they certainly thought so after the jobs report we got uh, last time, that they're getting ready to raise rates in June. But here the Fed is saying we're going to be patient even longer. In fact, some of the governors expressed a, a concern that they needed more proof that the jobs market is strong, that we really have a jobs recovery. They want more proof. So the low unemployment rate obviously isn't proof enough. Some people say they want more. The, le- the jobs reports that we got last you know, week or two weeks ago and all the upward revisions to 2014, that's still not proof, enough proof. These guys want more. But here, one of, the, one of the craziest things about this statement is the Fed said they're worried about how to communicate their intention to raise rates to the market. <laughs> what are they talking about? They've been communicating that for a long time. What they're really worried about is not the communication, but actually raising rates. See, they want to talk about raising rates, but they don't want to actually do them. See, that's their problem. How do they keep talking about doing something that they're never going to do? How do they keep talking about raising rates yet not raise them and maintain their credibility? Look, the, if you read these minutes, uh, they specifically are concerned about how they remove the word patient from their communique, because now it says that the Fed will remain patient before they raise rates. And apparently what the Fed wants to do is before they actually raise rates, they want to take that patient word out. So they want to say, hey, we're not patient anymore. Right. So they want to that's it's like a two step process. Before we actually raise rates, we take away the word patient. So as long as the word patient is in there, people knows know that a rate hike is not imminent. It's not going to happen for the next couple of meetings. So that's kind of like a buffer between the rate hikes is that word patient being there. But now the Fed says they're worried about how to remove the word patient. Why? Why should that worry them? And in fact, what the, the Yellen is saying is that, well, we're afraid that if we take away the word patient, people will think we're not as patient. Well, duh. Isn't that what they want them to think? Yellen is saying, well, if we take away the word patient, the markets might anticipate that a rate hike is coming sooner. They might attach some kind of a date to that rate hike, like, well, maybe in a couple of meetings, because in the past she was asked, well, what does patience mean? And she said a couple of times, well, a couple of meetings. So she's afraid that if she takes away the word patient, that people might expect a rate hike in the next couple of meetings. Well, then don't take away the word patient until you're two meetings away from a rate hike. But again, she doesn't want to give the impression to anybody that she's two meetings away from a rate hike because she doesn't want to raise rates. I mean, what she wants to do is she wants to take away the word patient, but remain just as patient as she was when the word was there, which is what she did with considerable time period. Right. They wanted to take away the word considerable time period. So they took it out. But they first said, we're going to replace it with patient. And the word patient means exactly what considerable period used to mean. But now we have the word patient. So here's what they can do before they take away the word patient. They can come up with some other word that they can say means exactly the same thing as patient. And then once they've got that new word in there, then they can take away the word patient, which shows you this is all a word game. 
This is open mouth operations when it comes to the Fed. All this talk about a recovery is just talk. All this talk about raising rates is just talk. If we had a real recovery, the Fed would have already raised rates. If the Fed could raise rates, they wouldn't be worried about telling the markets they're going to raise rates. That's the reason they don't want to take away the word patient, because if they take away the word patient, the markets might start factoring in a rate hike. I mean, if, they were, if we were going to get rate hikes in June, which so many people think is coming, why can't they take the word patient out right now? It's only because they have no intention of raising rates in June, but they don't want to say that. They can't say that. What do they want to do? They want to pretend they're getting ready to raise rates so that they never actually have to raise them. And then at some point, they will have an excuse why they have to give up the plans that they had, right? Something's going to happen. And what are some of the concerns they expressed in these minutes? Well, they said they were worried about weakness overseas. They said they were worried about a strong dollar. They didn't even say that last time. Now they're worried about a strong dollar and how it might import, impact exports. They actually ex expressed concerns about the risks of lower oil prices. Remember, they were saying that this was a benefit for the consumer, but now they're talking about some of the negative impacts of lower oil prices. Uh, so they're starting to give some hints as to what might be an excuse. Again, they're also worried about a low inflation, inflation not being high enough. We got a very, very big drop in the government's reporting of producer prices this morning. I'll mention that in a bit. Uh, but they are certainly laying the foundation of an excuse for why they not only can't raise rates, but why they have to launch QE4. But they have to pretend that that was not their intention, that they were going to raise rates, that they were close to doing it, they were about to do it. And then all of a sudden, out of left field, these problems emerged. And now they can't follow through with their plan because now the data has changed and darn it, they were about to raise rates. They were so close. They were just about to do it. And then something happened that nobody could have foreseen because it was totally outside our control, way out of left field. You know, nobody could have seen this coming. Well, and now we just need more stimulus, right? We just have to do more QE and we'll, we'll raise interest rates later, which of course they can never do, right? Because we've kicked the can down the road so long, because we've already waited so long to raise rates, we can't do it. Because now we have so much more debt than we had before that the pain of raising rates is much higher. That's the problem. The more debt you accumulate because you want to keep rates low, the more expensive it is and the harder it is to ultimately raise rates. The same thing is going to happen with inflation. You know, the, the, the longer the Fed waits, the higher inflation is going to be in consumer prices. And then the more costly it will be to try to rein in the inflation, which means they're less likely to even try it which means it's ultimately going to run out of control. But this was a very dovish statement, uh, these minutes. It's probably the most dovish minutes I've seen, why more people are not putting two and two together. Because if the Fed is now concerned about what everybody should have been concerned about for months, but they weren't because they were waiting for the Fed, Right, because the Fed was so positive, nobody wanted to believe all the negative economic news. Right? It's like, hey, we know the economy is strong, so don't bother showing me any news that suggests it's not strong. And how do they know it was strong? Because the Fed said it's strong. Well, they're not saying that anymore. And you don't even really have to read between the lines. If they're afraid of raising rates, even a quarter of a point, the economy is weak. If they're afraid of even taking away the word patient, because it might imply they might actually do what they're talking about, they are worried about the economy. And they're worried because the recovery is already over. As far as I'm concerned, I don't even think it never really existed. It was just a bubble masquerading as a recovery, but the air is already coming out. And the Fed cannot risk letting this bubble deflate. 
Of course, that's what the economy needs for real economic growth, to have a real recovery. We have to deflate this bubble. But that is not what central bankers are about. They're about kicking the can down the road. They're about pretend and extend. Why do you think Greece is having all these problems? Why didn't they just bite the bullet uh, years ago and let Greece default, let them leave the eurozone? Why did they loan them a bunch more money? They couldn't pay back the money they already borrowed, right? What is the problem with Greece? They have too much debt. So is loaning them more money going to solve that problem? No, it makes it worse. And now it emboldens them because now they're like, well, you're in for a, a dollar, in for a pound, or in for a euro, whatever the expression, because now... Greeks are in more debt than ever before, and now it costs even more money to bail them out. But again, are they ever bailed out with more debt? No, they're just buried under a bigger pile. And ultimately, it means when they do default, the losses are that much greater. Well, we're just as broke as the Greeks. Uh, We can no more repay our debt than Greece can. That's why we have to keep on borrowing money. And because the world is so dumb enough to loan it to us at such low rates of interest, we can pretend that we can service a debt load that we can't possibly repay, and we couldn't even service it if we were asked to pay a legitimate rate of interest. But this, this, these minutes should sink in. We'll see if over the next few days or few weeks, people start paying attention to all the negative economic news, because the Fed is clearly paying attention to it, because they're saying that in these minutes. They, just want to, they don't want to just come out and, and hit you over the head with it. So they're still pretending that we have a recovery They're just saying they can't risk, you know, screwing it up by raising interest rates from zero. That right, this recovery that they're so confident in, they're worried about whether it can withstand 25 basis points rate hike, rate hike, right, from zero after five or six years. They're worried that it would be too soon. They don't want to be they don't they don't want to, you know, be too quick on the trigger here. You know, they don't want to raise rates too fast, right? After all these years, right? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. We we don't we don't want to act hastily here. Obviously, uh, that there is no danger of that. The danger is that they've already waited too long to raise rates, and I think they have. But that's why they're not raising them because they can't because this bubble is now too big to pop. And the last thing that the Fed wants to do is prick it. So they just want to pretend it doesn't exist, pretend it's a real recovery, pretend they can raise rates, but they can't. And they they can't even remove the word patient because they they want to take they want to have their patient's cake and eat it too. They want to be able to remove the word patient but still imply they're just as patient as they were when the word was still there. Again, let's go back to some of the data that came out this week. Empire State Manufacturing Index came out yesterday. Uh, Last month was 9.95. They were looking for 9.5 for February, slight decrease. Instead, we went down to 7.78. And the internals were even worse. I mean, the employment numbers in this Empire State manufacturing index were awful. And there's another measure in there of future business conditions, which is looking out six months. And that measure plunged by the most in six years, six years, since at some point in 2009. We also got some data on home builder confidence, which fell to a four-month low. And I tell you, they're still overconfident. They still don't realize the extent to which uh, the housing market is in trouble. In fact, we got news this morning that weekly mortgage applications tumbled by 13.2%. Refis were down 16% uh, as mortgage rates have now been rising. And purchases were down 7%. That's the fifth consecutive weekly decline in, in, in mortgage purchase applications, which, again, shows that home builders are still overconfident. 
The housing starts numbers came out below expectations again today. Uh, so that uh, number continues to worsen. And the industrial production number was also quite weak. It was half of what they were expecting. They were looking for up 0.4. Instead, they got up 0.2. And they revised the prior month, December, uh, from minus 0.1 to minus 0.3, which again is going to weigh on fourth quarter GDP. And we've got so many weights on fourth quarter GDP. I mean, I wonder how low it's actually going to sink. But these numbers were bad. And then, you know, we got the PPI number that came out. And the headline PPI number, which was down three-tenths of 1% last month, was expected to decline two-tenths of a percent, and instead it declined 0.8. Now, again, I'm not worried about declining prices, but the central bankers pretend that they are. That's apparently, that, that's the kiss of death. That's the worst thing that can happen. That's like, you know, a stake in the heart, you know, if you're a vampire, right? You know, they can withstand anything but falling prices. Well, we got minus 0.8, which is a huge decline. I can't remember the last time the decline was that big. Um, year over year, prices are down 0.1%. So that's the dreaded deflation. On a yearly basis now, producer prices are down. And when you take out food and energy on the month, right, they were looking for up 0.1. Even without food and energy, we were down 0.1. So we, now we have falling core month over month, year over year, it's still rising, but only 1.5%, right? So why isn't the Fed expressing even greater concern here about the falling level of producer prices? We'll see how this uh, impacts consumer prices. But the funny thing is, if other countries had come out with producer prices down this much, you know, their currencies would get killed because, you know, they would all be saying, oh, the Fed, the central banks there is going to ease. They're worried about low inflation. They're going to ease. But the, we don't have the same reaction here because people still think the Fed is in tightening mode. Why do they think the Fed is in tightening mode? Have they actually tightened? No. I mean, they have stopped QE, but they haven't tightened, nor have they basically said that they'll never do more QE. They've always opened, left the door open. They're data dependent. They have not said for one second that QE is over for good. They're data dependent. So all they've done is stop doing QE, although they're still, you know, uh, rolling over all the maturing uh, securities. They're still reinvesting all their interest payments. So that still counts as QE. They're just not doing as much QE as they were. Not only have they not raised interest rates, they're afraid to remove the word patient from their statement because it might imply that they're going to raise interest rates, something they're talking about doing anyway, but obviously they don't want to do because they're afraid to make people think they're actually going to do what they're talking about doing. But the reason that the markets are not reacting, the currency markets are not reacting uh, to this news the way they, would, they are reacting in other countries that report news like this, only not as bad, you know, with the word bad in quotes, is because it's all about what the central banks say. It's not really about what they do. It's about what they say. That's how easy it is to fool the markets, right? The Fed could just say what it wants. The central bank just talks, and the markets are dumb enough to react. But eventually, the Fed is not going to be able to keep talking because the economy is going to be sinking. They're going to be forced to acknowledge the weakness of the economy, not just that they're afraid that higher rates might derail it, but that they need to do QE4 to prevent the train wreck, which is what they're going to have to do. Today's financial advisors behave like pro-wrestling TV commentators. They scream that the recovery is strong, debt is manageable, inflation is low, and that the Federal Reserve has everything under control. 
They may be oblivious, but the danger is real. Looking beyond the media hype can open a world of broader investing ideas. Euro-Pacific Capital is a registered investment advisor that offers stock-focused wealth management services that closely follow the strategy of our founder and CEO, Peter Schiff. We concentrate on those countries that are more closely in tune with Peter's vision of how capitalism is supposed to work. And these investments are not hard to find, provided you know where to look. Isn't it time you change the channel and let Euro-Pacific put a little reality back into your portfolio? If you live in the United States and have $25,000 or more to invest, call 800-727-7922. That's 800-727-7922. Non-U.S. residents access similar strategies through Euro-Pacific Bank at europacbank.com. Euro-Pacific Capital and Euro-Pacific Bank are affiliated companies.